Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your kids, and your partner. We'll give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you. I'm Terrilyn Griffin. I'm Caitlin Gabriel. And I'm Felicia Allen. Let's find the magic together. Hey everyone, it's Caitlin here, and I'm going to start us off with our high fives and face palms. And mine is kind of a hybrid. I feel like often it feels like that. <laughs> so right now, me and Cameron, we don't do it all the time, but sometimes we'll listen to an audiobook together or we'll read a book together. And it's really fun because usually we do it when we're either doing dishes together or something. Anyway, it's been really fun. We've read a couple together that have been awesome but Cameron has never read Hunger Games and I loved I mean last time I read him I was in high school whenever you know probably end of high school and so it's been over 10 years but he hasn't read them and so I was like hey this would be a fun one for us to do because I remember really liking it and I feel like he would really like it and Cam's kind of a tough sell like if he's not in it within the first you know 20 to 30 minutes of an audiobook he's kind of out but I feel like Hunger Games is one of those where I was like he's gonna he's gonna be in it so we already finished the first one and it was really good we liked it so that actually is a high five it's been really fun but the the facepalm part of it is is that sometimes we'll do it like as we're getting ready for bed so we'll be brushing teeth and then sometimes if it's really good which with Hunger Games often it is and it's hard to stop because it's pretty intense sometimes so we'll just set a timer for it to go off in five minutes but we'll be laying in bed listening to it but the problem with that is is that Cameron almost always falls asleep so there's a problem because usually I have to either we either have to like back up the next time we listen because he's already missed part of it my thing is is that I have the kind of mind where I just I mean you guys both know this about me with scare I hate scary things anybody who's listening I hate scary things and the problem with me watching a scary movie or scary show is that I will just think about it whereas Hunger Games isn't necessarily like scary in that way for me but my mind keeps thinking about it so when the timer goes off I'm like kind of jazzed because it's not like a relaxing book you know what I mean so anyway in a way it's hard for me because we're listening to this book and I'm really enjoying it but then at the same time then the timer stops Cameron's long gone asleep (laughs) and I am like thinking about it even though I already know what's going to happen in the book and then I'll I've dreamt about Hunger Games often which again that's actually not a good thing to dream about like if you know the story of Hunger Games they throw kids in an arena and they kill each other so like that is what I'm dreaming about so it's not good to be putting in my subconscious and I like will wake up and I seriously am, like, thinking about the realistic, like, oh, my gosh, I could die. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's not healthy. So that's kind of my face palm is that I think oh. I maybe need to have some willpower to not put the timer on. Maybe stop a little bit before when I'm going to go to sleep because I don't think it's healthy for me. <laughs> I don't think it's good. And plus, Cameron doesn't even hear it because he just goes to sleep. So we really do have to re-listen to the last five minutes because he's totally out. So anyway, that's, so funny. that's my... <laughs> Facepalm high five. Kaylin a few times has watched previews to mildly scary movies with me and my girls. And after, she's like, I literally can't sleep. (laughs) Yeah. From the previews. People have told me, like, a quote from a scary movie. A quote. And the quote stays with me. Like, I think about it. There was one from, oh, what's that freaky show that's iconic? Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs. Someone told me a quote from it. And you guys, it haunted me for three weeks. I kept thinking about it because then I was like, why would he say that? What happened? Why would he do that? Like, I was just thinking about it. And I'm like, this is so not good for me. Like, I have a serious issue I can never I I just have said I still haven't watched the third season of Stranger Things because I I think I'm to the point where the the risk doesn't outweigh the benefits that's where I'm at with it anyway oh I love it I used to love scary movies and then as I've had children I like them less and less but I know me too I like suspenseful still though so that's good okay well mine is a face palm and that is so I pee my pants fairly regularly (laughs) But, <laughs> like, when I do tumbling, you know, back tucks and stuff, or just hit the ground really hard. And I, may st- I still jump on the tramp, but I still do all those things. But, you know, I'll get little pee drips. <laughs> and I know there's things that I can do. I do a lot of, like, core and pelvic floor work, but last time I actually talked to a professional, and I think I need to get, like, actual... Like, there's these actual things you can get in practice. Anyway, I haven't done them yet. I haven't done those. Because all the things I've done on my own, all the, like diastasis recti thing all those things it's fine it's manageable 
but it's just something that I have. Well, I was with a bunch of people at, I don't know, we were at my yoga studio and I think we were doing some tumbling thing, but it was like a wheelbarrow. So there was a mat in front of me and a person had my legs and imagine like you're about to start a wheelbarrow race. So I'm in that position. And you know, on the count of three, he was gonna toss my legs and I was gonna do a flip and land on my feet on the mat. That was the idea. Oh. From a wheelbarrow position, front tuck, land on your feet. Oh, that sounds kind of hard. Well, I didn't do it. I landed on my butt, but I tried so hard that I full blown like a lot of pee. Oh no. And so when I got up off the mat, there's just like this little like oh no wetness on the mat, which there is wetness on the mat from a lot of people from sweat. Right. But this was not sweat, and I felt like a responsibility to like be like nobody touched like that's not sweat. <laughs> so, I don't know if somebody said like if somebody mentioned or somebody noticed or whatever, but I within like ten seconds was like guys, that's not sweat, it's pee. And one of my other friends was so sweet. And had already, I'm like, okay, guys, I gotta go, like, I'll go grab something. And he had already grabbed, like, some paper towels and cleaned it up. Oh. And he's a dad. And he had been a college cheerleader, so he was like, I got peed on all the time. It's fine. Oh. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, but, like, didn't even care. Like, didn't even, like, blink. I mean, it was, like, not even a big deal at all. So that's a face palm, just peeing in front of all my friends and having somebody else clean it up before I could get to it. That's kind of embarrassing. And then when I told my girls about it, because my girls were there, but they didn't actually witness it, my oldest, my 12-year-old, was like, Mommy, that is really embarrassing like, <laughs> she was like so embarrassed for me so that's that's my face palm is i pee my pants sometimes and sometimes i do it in front of a lot of people so that was is fun you guys, and now the rest of you know <laughs> now you all know <laughs> there you go pants after babies is crazy. i even did a little before that like when i tumble really hard before i'd always wear a panty liner mm-hmm. and apparently from my friends who did cheerleading a lot of them did it too. So yeah, and it it's makes just sense, from like the really that's heavy how I get impact. it. Yeah, like on the tramp, it's like you can't control it. There's no stopping. It. Yeah. yeah, I wore light <clears throat> pants to a class last night, and I thought when I got there, what in the world? Because I'm jumping off of high things. I've done that before. So I had Jeff pack me some black pants. Like I had to call him and be like, "This is an emergency. Mm-hmm. I might need black pants." I didn't, because I'm like, if I have to change white, like light pants, they weren't white, but like they were light colored. Yeah, it really shows. But black pants, you can hide. Yeah. I know. There's been a couple of times where I'm like, why do I wear anything but black pants for that reason? Like, I'm like, all of a sudden I, like, feel a little bit, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. Um, or even sweat. Good. I mean, there's a lot of downsides to yeah. white pants. Even yeah. if you get sweaty, the crotch yeah. sweat isn't It's not thing. cute. So. Either any moisture in the area. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Here's my face palm. You can all relate, I'm sure. Okay. My face palm is, so my... Kids love collecting bugs, like I'm sure a lot of people's kids do. And especially my oldest is really into catching bugs. And he literally doesn't care. He will catch any bug, giant spiders, things I would never touch with his hands. It's weird. So, you know, he's just like catching all these bugs the other day. And he comes in and he's like, look, in my jar I have a wasp, two spiders, a few slugs, like all the worst bugs. Oh, earwigs, centipedes. Ooh, all, I hate like, all that. Why can't you get some ladybugs and roly polies? Yeah. That's like, true. why is this like the jar of death? <laughs> and so then it's like he always uses just my normal like kitchen jars, like mason jars and stuff. Well, I have big ones that are like an amber color, big mason jars. And that's what this one was. And so you couldn't see inside of it unless you opened it. And so I'm just going about my day and. I see, you know, these jars in the sink, so I, like, open them, and I'm, like, rinsing stuff out, and I'm just, like, going about. I do this activity. I come back, like, an hour later, and there's just, like, wasp on my window, spiders crawling up my sink, slugs everywhere, centipedes, earwigs all over my counter, like, crawling on the dishes. It was seriously, like... Like a nightmare. A nightmare (laughs) goosebumps book. I was like, wow. This is something I would dream about. I, like, turn on the sprayer, spray them all down the drain. Anyways, that's all that happened. They didn't sting me or anything. But that's a near-death experience. Oh, it so is. Traumatic. Okay, I don't know yeah. if this is related, though. A few, like, hours later, I'm changing Wes's diaper. And I'm changing her diaper and kind of, like, playing with her and tickling her. And she's laughing. And then she starts crying. And I'm like, oh, did she not like, like, we've been doing this game and it was fun. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I roll her over. There's a wasp on her stomach. Oh, Stings her two times. No. Poor little thing. So I made the rule. I mean, I already have the rule of, like, not bugs inside, but they kind of break it. But, like, 
I should. I need to have a list of all the bugs that definitely get on These are not allowed. Anything that stings or bites. The things that when you see it in your house, you normally take it out that or kill it. Don't bring it out. inside. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyways, so that's my oh, face palm. Poor little The bug Wes. jar of death. And Wes's sting, which I don't know if they're related, but I'm kind of guessing they are. I'm sure he brought that. Because it was in your house that yeah. she got stung. Yeah, it was just on my couch. Oh, oh poor little thing. I know. And I know. bee stings, wasps, they well, any sting, no, they hurt. She still has two, like, red little dots on oh, her stomach. Oh, poor little thing. thing. Yeah, cute little so belly chub. All right. Today we are going to talk about one portion of minimalism or kind of simplifying and slowing down, and that is the mental side. We decided to split it up into two episodes, one focusing on minimalism when it comes to our things, and today we're going to be talking about minimalism, focusing on kind of our mindset, and I feel like anytime you come across a new concept that you feel like is going to help you, which is how I feel about minimalism for me, I always feel like I have to start with one thing that is like the most painful point if I'm going to carry on with the rest. And so for me, definitely like focusing on the mental clutter and clearing all of that like internal stuff, my schedule makes it so I can more easily focus on my outside. And for some of you, it might be the reverse. You might be like, I need to, if you want to dive into this, I need to clear like the outside first before I can focus on the inside. Whatever works, we're going to have, our next episode will be on the outside stuff with your home. So you might want to listen to him flip-flopped. But this concept is that, you know, as much as we can be intentional with our things, we can also be intentional with our schedules, our thoughts. We can strive for more of a joyful life rather than always like pushing and packing and trying to be done and get to this like hypothetical finish line. So that's what we wanted to talk about today is just that mental minimalism and we have some tips that help us kind of clear that clutter yeah there's a quote from it's a book called stillness is key by ryan holiday and i feel like he encompasses that idea of kind of the mental load that we are all under constantly just because of the society and the life that the lives that we live so he says we do not live in this moment we in fact try desperately to get out of it By thinking, doing, talking, worrying, remembering, hoping, whatever. We pay thousands of dollars to have a device in our pocket to ensure that we are never bored. We sign up for endless activities and obligations, chase money and accomplishments, all with the naive belief that at the end it will be happiness. I'm sure there are aspects of this that are more true for all of us because it is really easy to not be in the moment. And I feel like this is a concept that... I've heard a lot, whether it's in books or podcasts or different interviews that I've listened to, that the present is all we have. So the living in the now is the only thing that we have. But oftentimes, this is actually another quote that I I remember reading in Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. And he says, he talks about a study that we know that in our minds there is around 70,000 thoughts that pass through our minds a day, which is a lot of mental energy happening all the time. And most of those thoughts were either swinging from thinking about the past or thinking about the future. And very rarely are we actually just thinking about the present. And sometimes when I think about that, it hits me really hard that this is the only time that I have. I don't actually have the future in my grasp, nor do I have the past in my in my grasp. I only have now. So I think sometimes when I find myself either worrying about something that has already happened or worrying about something that hasn't yet happened and that I hope happens in a certain way, I am robbing myself of my current present situation. And so I think when I when I was thinking about mental minimalism, I was thinking about how can we reduce all of these thoughts, worries, things that are taking up this mental space and energy so that I can be in the present because that is all I have, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that it really is important and I love the idea of if minimalism means being intentional about what we are keeping and what we're letting go, I think it's so important. Like our brains and our minds and our spirits are the things that we have like in this life and the next. And I think it's so important to be intentional about that. Mm -hmm. And when you're holding on, I mean, it really is 
that control piece where you have these expectations of how the future is going to look and you're kind of, you're trying to force it to be a certain way when really, I mean, we don't have that control if any year has taught us that, it's this year. So I, I think it helps us kind of hone that power of letting go of those expectations. And on that note, I mean, we were talking before we started recording about the, you know, the illusion of balance and what that means to us, especially as mothers. I feel like a lot of the times we have those expectations that we can not only like juggle all the things or or hold everything at once. You know, we were talking about how balance might be the wrong word. Maybe we're not even striving for balance, but we're really like striving for perfection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like balance has sometimes turned, somehow turned into like, we're trying to do everything, not only do everything, but do everything the very, very best. Mm-hmm. And right. have the same amount of almost time and energy into each aspect of our lives, right. which isn't realistic. Right. Really. You know, as Terlyn and I and Caitlin were kind of breaking it down, it was, I think that there is validity to wanting, you know, have time with your husband, have time with your kids, be able to have your own passions and... You want to be able to, maybe you value taking care of your home. Like, there's nothing wrong with dipping your toe in all the different waters. You just, they won't all, you won't be the very best at all of them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the illusion. Balance, I think, is maybe the wrong word because, I mean, that does bring you happiness to have some sort of, like, exposure to all of it. It's the doing it all perfectly where we think we have more hours in the day than we actually do. Mm-hmm. That is maybe what we should yeah. be focusing on releasing. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I feel like balance is one of those things that I feel like for my entire life I've always said, okay, I want to be balanced. I want to be balanced. Which makes sense because if I put everything into one thing, yeah, you get off balance and then your life kind of tips over. Yeah. So I like to think of it in yoga that, speaking of things that I dive into, <clears throat> I am a person who naturally, like when I love something, I do. I just go like head forward and I have a tendency to not be balanced. So... You know, in yoga, you're leaning forward. Say you, you're on one leg. You're maybe doing a pose where you're really extended. It is just a matter of you're, like, going to the edge and then kind of pulling back and then going to the edge. And you might even fall over. I fall over all the time in yoga, right? But it's the coming back. It's, like, the idea. For me, it's the idea of balance that hopefully stops you from crashing your entire life in one area, right? Because you're right. We want a little bit of all the things which keeps us upright, but there's no way to live our life without tilting or leaning to different sides at different times, right? Mm-hmm. So I think the illusion is not that the the goal of balance, I think, is still a noble goal because that's what keeps us coming back, right? It's what keeps our muscles. If it was easy just to stay in the middle, we wouldn't be having any muscles, right? Mm-hmm. Mental muscles. Mm-hmm. So I think it's in the coming back that we get our stability and our strength. But I think the illusion is that, yes, we think the balance looks like doing everything all the time in perfect equal. You know, if you, like, made a little pie, it's all exactly equal and it's all perfect. You have a Mm six-pack and Mm -hmm. a spouse who you are so connected with and kids you have each individually have this amazing relationship with and you have this thriving career, and you have all these, you know what I mean? Like Your home is looking perfect. Yeah, you, you are a minimalist, <laughs> perfectly. <laughs> you know, and people can take a picture of your home anytime. So I don't think that any of those things are, I think all of those things are worthy goals. However, I think releasing the idea that we can do all of those things perfectly all the time is where the illusion, I think people use the word balance, but yeah, it's not actual balance that we're talking about. It's perfection that we're talking about. And that is not possible. Mm-hmm. But can we look at the things that are important to us? And I think that's where this mental minimalism really comes in because what it looks like for me is paring down on what those priorities are, right? right. And looking realistically at if this is the time in my day that I have, am I giving to the most important things? Because I can't give all to everything. Yeah. So where am I going to choose to give? Within that smaller circle of things that are important, am I doing that? with the intention of balanced way. And as I'm saying this, guys, I don't think, I, I don't think I've ever actually hit that. Like, I, I don't think I ever have. I think I'm always leaning towards one piece of it or the other. But I think the 
mental exercise is valuable. Right. Yeah. But I've never achieved balance. I don't think I've ever actually been like, oh, yeah, everything's balanced. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's the thing. I think that is kind of, well, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think it is maybe a false illusion to think that, like, when we are, quote, balanced, we've arrived and we no longer need to, like, do any Like, you know, Sorry. it's like, I, I've made it. <clears throat> like, I've got it. But I think when I think about your definition of balance of, like, it is, you are constantly working. And I think with most things, so if we take the yoga example, it's like, you might actually become better and better at balancing in a certain way. But then, like, once you've mastered these certain and your muscles have gotten stronger in this area, like, it doesn't mean that now, like, you've now gotten better at it, but I still feel like it's a process. So I think in our own lives and with finding this balance mentally for ourselves, I think that we can become better at creating the habits and the skills and the mental muscles, for lack of a better word, that makes it easier for us to balance. But I don't ever think that it's just there because our lives change. Like, our kids' lives changes, our dynamic with our husband, with our spouses changes. Things are always changing that kind of force us to continue building different muscles and learning how to maybe recenter and come back. So I think, anyway, it's actually okay to not, I think it's okay to not feel like you've arrived because I think it actually is just a constant process of Mm -hmm. we're we're always working towards Mm -hmm. balance, right? But perhaps honoring the pull, because going to the metaphor, so if anybody does half moon in yoga, it's where you're on one leg and your arms are like your torsos forward and your other legs back. So you're like kind of like a T with your body and it's hard and you can't hold it for very long. Well, I can't hold it for very long. So there's no such thing as like for me mastering it, right? It's like a constant like balancing forward and balancing backwards. But as you were talking, I was thinking that is the way all those stabilizing muscles are developed. So I think there's beauty in allowing it to pull you back. So if I'm feeling like in my life, I want more connection in my marriage because I'm feeling like I'm not giving that the balance in my little pie shape you know, if I'm picturing, this is from the artist's way. She gives the tip of you make little sections of your life in a, in a pie. Like pretend like you have a pizza in front of you and you put little dots on the edge if it's going great for you right now and towards the center if you're feeling like you're lacking in that area. And then you connect the dots. So you're, you're it's going to be like a lopsided circle and you'll really see where you're lacking. You don't have balance. So there's nothing wrong with saying, I want more connection in my marriage. How can I prioritize that more and maybe move things around shift I think that's beautiful to listen Mm -hmm. to that pull because when we're really off balanced it feels like we're falling Mm -hmm. and so I think that's there's beauty in that and there's strength in that right as we're falling and when we fall there's strength in the pulling yourself back to the Mm -hmm. center so there's nothing wrong with recognizing that and I think it's beautiful actually to feel like I am off balance here how can I pull it back again not with the goal of perfection but can I pull it Right. Back by prioritizing that thing more. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, I'm sure, if someone in generations past were to think about this problem, I think there were probably elements of this, but I definitely think like there are so many things that distract us from the things that we claim are our priorities. I mean, we talk about this all the time, it comes back to this so much. Like, are we being intentional with? our social media usage with our getting distracted online shopping. And it sounds so trivial, but if we have these things that we're focused on and it feels so hard, where are the places that we're really spending time that aren't within our values? And that kind of, I mean, it goes into our first tip for this and and that is this initially like starting out dump everything out. If you're feeling like your mind is just like throbbing with so many things, get it all out. I think all of us have some sort of notebook where if we have something come to our mind, sometimes your first reaction is, oh, I, you know, I need to do this for this person in my family. And for me, if I go straight into, let me look that up or pull up that email, Mm -hmm. it is just an endless like distraction pit. Mm -hmm. Where if I take the second to just write it down and do it in the time I set aside for it, it, I'm just so much more efficient. And so I think starting there with your mental load, brain dump it all out. If you've heard the metaphor of the big rocks and the little rocks from Stephen Covey, right? Mm -hmm. 
where he says, you know, we have big things in our life that we need to do like our big values and priorities and then we have all the little rocks. So you have a jar and you try to put all the little rocks in first, the big rocks aren't going to fit. But if you put the big rocks in first and then the little rocks, they'll sort of like settle into the cracks. And I've just been thinking a lot of us probably even have too many big rocks Mm -hmm. where it's like the big rocks are the things that we love. We're prioritizing them. We value them. But sometimes it's cool to see like on paper, I'll write it all out. And it's like, dang, I've got too many boulders. Like they're all fantastic. Mm -hmm. I want to do them all, but I think I need to like roll one down the hill for a little bit. It's not space in the jar. Yeah. There's just like literally my jar has too many rocks. So dump it all out and specifically look at it and say, are all these things that are taking my mental load, do I value them? Because sometimes it's so nice just to be like, cross that out. Like I'm, I have that in my brain, but I don't value it at all. I don't have any reason to be doing that. So that really, really helps me getting out all those, those burdens onto paper and figuring out where I'm putting my time because that that shows me what I'm valuing really yeah and I think there's also something to both our time because time is a limited resource but also even our energy because I think sometimes we don't think about that when we are planning out those big rocks we only have so much energy also in the day and I think and again for me that ebbs and flows with my time of life so right now with being pregnant I feel like my energy store is less than it used to be and so there are some things that that I might really want to do and even maybe I value it but it comes back to maybe I even sometimes have the time but like my energy is a little bit different right now and it, and it is kind of ebbing and flowing and so I think I think it's important to recognize that too where it's like where what do I value and then like what can I kick out at this point in my life like maybe this actually really doesn't you matter need to have much, rest you know? as one of yeah your like big rocks. Yeah. yeah a nap is actually really important for me when you're pregnant sleep is a huge rock it's yeah. a big rock for everybody but when you're pregnant I mean add in three rocks just yeah. for sleep. yeah and I think I find myself I was just talking to Cameron about this last night actually like I was like I feel like I'm failing I think it's because I don't see the rest sometimes as a big rock so I think anyway with that like the mental energy of of maybe having all these things that we want to need to do, I think it is important to write them all down and then be okay with maybe letting some of them go. And I do like the idea of recognizing that it might not be forever, you mm-hmm. know? And and I'm not even talking about, like, fun things, but, like, there might be something that's, like, I just can't give the energy to that right now, but maybe in a month or maybe in three or four, I will, or maybe mm-hmm. in a year. But I think being okay with that is is important when it comes to, like, paring down our mental our energy, you know? Mm-hmm. Can I just point out something you just said? You kind of said it and glanced over it, but I think that there are a lot of people who resonate with that. You said that you said to Cam, I feel like I'm failing. And guys, I think almost everybody I talk to has that thought. Like, I think we all feel like we're just not doing everything because we're not. We can't. Right? Mm-hmm. We can't. So I think that feeling of I feel like I'm failing. First of all, I just, I, I honestly, I mean, I'm just guessing here, but I'd say 90% of the people listening to this have thought that. And if they haven't thought it on a regular basis, they've at least thought of it a couple times, right? Mm-hmm. But I think we all, no matter what we're doing, we could always do more. And so I think just recognizing that failure isn't not doing every single thing, right? Because mm-hmm. we can't, we can't do every single thing. It's just we choose what's essential and we try to do those things and we do our best. And these little tips for minimalism, mental minimalism, can help us not feel like a failure. But there is, I think, a little bit of letting go there of mm-hmm. we can't do everything. And what Felicia was just talking about with the brain dump, I think that makes it so more manageable. Sometimes it's overwhelming when I start dumping out like all the bajillion things I got to do. Totally. But then it does make it more manageable because you don't have to carry around in your head. It's somewhere actually written down mm-hmm. and then you can get to it in fact David Allen in his book Getting Things Done he has like an entire system for that yeah. which we'll go into in another episode it's really awesome mm-hmm. but it makes you feel like okay it's somewhere else and I will get to it mm-hmm. it's gonna happen it's okay so my question for you is Felicia because I think you're probably the most efficient at this are you saying that you carry around your notebook with you all the time or you keep it in a certain place in your house and when you think of something you like walk over to that space and write it down or are you saying you keep it in your phone? It sounds like you're saying you write it with a pen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I write it with a pen. And I do like the big brain dumps when I'm feeling like, 
there's a lot of stuff. Okay. But on a day-to-day, I keep it. It's just, like, in my kitchen with a pen. And when I think of something, I go write it down. And, like, the piece that goes with that is then you do need to figure out what does it look like to do that thing? When's it going to happen? And if it's something that I keep writing down, I also ask myself, like, what's getting in the way of hmm. me doing that yes, thing? Yes, yes, Because once I have the list, I mean, that list can still then be a burden if you don't put it in a bucket of, and the bucket might be I'm not going to do that, but it's just, like, clear it yeah. out, mm, yeah. you know. So then you're saying you take that list, and I like it because you're right. That's what stops it from being overwhelming is by this is how I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Then when you plan and you're – find the magic planner mm-hmm. you're saying then you just choose what is this going to look like and you pen- pencil it in for that spot so then you actually feel like it's not just this overwhelming giant cloud yep you're, you're whittling it down yeah and okay. what helps me the most with that is I mean I don't know if everybody has this but for the most part I feel like my days have like chunks where it's like this is kind of like my time to do my stuff chunk this is like my chunk where I'm with my kids this is like an errand time of my day and other people's days look different but I will just kind of take those tasks and and it might be in eight days that is the next time that I don't have an errand during the time of the day when I can do errands and that's where I put that one Mm -hmm. and but it, it really helps me because then it's out of my mind it's it's going to get done at that later time. It is in its spot. So that really helps me if we're talking about like concrete mm-hmm. efficiency of actually doing those things. Yeah. Hey, just a little break to bring you our newest sponsor on Vive. And you know, we only bring you sponsors that we know, trust, and use. On Vive is an online health and wellness company that specializes in making healthy living easier. They have a variety of products from health and dietary supplements to bath and beauty products. I personally use their apple cider vinegar, which helps with digestion and promotion of healthy gut bacteria. And... What is more, OnVive is giving away a Mercedes-Benz SUV plus $10,000 cash right now. This SUV fits three car seats. So it's a luxury SUV made into a daily driver to get you and your family to appointments, soccer games, piano recitals, all the things in style. So right now, with every dollar you spend on OnVive's website, you get three entries towards winning the Mercedes plus the cash. So for example, if you buy one bottle of the apple cider vinegar, which I use, you'll get 90 entries towards winning the car. Their giveaway ends June 1st, so time is running low. Make sure you follow them on Instagram at OnVibeLife and head over to their website, OnVibe.com, to get entered to win today. Don't forget, when you purchase your product to use code MAGIC15 for 15% off your order. Head over to our show notes for all the details and a quick link to get there. What's up, you guys? Roger Jessup here with the Utah House Doctors. So you just bought your nice new house, and what happens when something goes wrong or something breaks? We have you covered. We have vetted several contractors, whether it be from a break in your sprinkler lines or your kid punched a hole in the wall and you just need a handyman. You have access to these people by following our page, and these are people that we know and trust. That is something that helps me a lot too, is the planning of it because I feel like it is easy for it just to keep like circling in my mind until you're able to get it out. Another awesome thing with being able to help our brains declutter, this is from Greg McGowan who wrote the book Essentialism and he also more recently wrote a book called Effortless. In those books, he talks a lot about, are you in a state of high effort? And so he kind of talks about like, there are some times where our brains are filled with this mental baggage and it might be emotional baggage either grudges that or burdens that are kind of weighing us down mm-hmm. and that keeps us I almost think about it as a computer with like slogging like, yeah like <laughs> as you you know open up more apps and as you do things like all of that mental or like background energy is continuously running yep. until you clear it so like with a computer until you turn it off and then you turn it back on it's like 
that stuff is all running in the background. It's like, yeah. Yeah. So I think about that with our brains that like we oftentimes have these programs running in the background of things that we might be worried about or yeah, whether it's these emotional, like, you know, grudges that we're holding or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And it might even be from a long time ago, or maybe it's from yesterday, but those things are also kind of slowing us down Mm -hmm. mentally and emotionally. And it, it does weigh on our bandwidth of being able to do things. And so he talks a lot about this, that like we can be in a state of more effortless energy where it's like we might be able to be doing things much more efficiently and more effectively if we are able to kind of clear these. So I think there's a few things that we can do. Some things that work for me is I do really like journaling. I think that does help me Mm -hmm. like get out maybe some emotional things where it's like I didn't even really need to talk about it, but I almost think my brain needed to like emotionally process process it and Mm -hmm. journaling it helped Mm -hmm. with that. Another thing that I was recently reminded of, and I don't do this as much as I would like to, but Byron Katie has a thing called The Work. And for anybody who is familiar with her work, she has a couple of books. Loving What Is is her main one, right? Mm -hmm. And she kind of talks about, there are some really concrete processes, and we could even probably do a whole episode on this, but there's some really concrete processes on how to almost clear out, because the idea is, is that we are not our thoughts, but sometimes we think that we are. And a lot of times... These random thoughts cause us pain and like anguish, but they're not actually reality. We're just creating that. And so she actually has some really like they're kind of introspective questions that you ask yourself and ideally you're writing down your answers to it. And it's a way to almost process out some of these, again, these mental burdens that really do weigh us down and they can be from years past. They can be from recent things, but that's actually another thing that I have done. And when I do it, it really does clear out some mental baggage that allows, again, allows that bandwidth to like Mm -hmm. almost be more effective. But I think we are, all of us are walking around with some of this baggage that we don't even realize. So that's actually some, some things that have helped me reduce that. And if you could see Caitlin, she's like, her hands in front of her head, like (laughs) spreading out her brain. But that really is what it feels like. Like when we're carrying around that stuff, it's like, just want to like scrape it out. Like, wow, like that is weighing me down so much. And Byron Katie's questions are, Without reading her book, you could do, you could work through these. I know it's free on her website to like print out her questions if you're interested. If you're feeling like you're carrying around, you know, like somebody said something to you that's rubbing you the wrong way or you're taking on other people's burdens, it's really, it is a phenomenal program. Two cues that Greg McCune talks about in his book. So he has two books, Essentialism, which we've talked about, we'll link that episode, and a new book called Effortless. He talks about a stormtrooper. So when when he was younger, he was really excited about Star Wars and he said, wouldn't it be amazing to have a full body stormtrooper outfit, like movie style? And he said then in his 40s, he finally had enough money to buy this stormtrooper outfit. And he said, I was standing in front of the mirror in this stormtrooper outfit. <laughs> like, what did I just do? <laughs> I've been carrying around this thought of the stormtrooper my whole life and I literally don't even care. And I just spent like how many hundreds of dollars to buy this outfit. And so now him and his wife have a cue of, is this a stormtrooper? So do you have something that you have in the back of your mind that you should do? It's not a value for you anymore and you're still mm-hmm. carrying it around. And I just love that. I feel like it's like such a clear cue to think, I'm sure so many of us have the stormtrooper of like, you know, this perfect meal plan. Mm-hmm. We're carrying it around where we're, we really look at it and it's like, I don't even care if we have yeah. whatever sandwich I just make up in the fridge. It's uh-huh. food, you yeah, know? Totally. So let those things go. And then also, I think another thing that I've been trying to let go is, you know, trying to have my life be like so efficient and fast. Mm-hmm. I think that it's really trendy to be efficient. We have all these hacks to like so we can do more things Mm -hmm. like we just add in all this stuff and I've just been trying to accept that there's a lot of life that is just so not fast Mm -hmm. kids you know being with them in unscheduled times or maybe my body's tired or maybe I I want to engage in activities that are slow like going on walks with toddlers or baking bread or whatever And all those things are valid. We don't need to 
over make our life so efficient so we can do more and more and more Mm -hmm. like at some point we just have to say these are the things I'm going to do and I can't make every single thing just like so much faster so I can add in more right I just feel like cueing that in my mind is like oh ah this day only has this amount of time Mm -hmm. and that's okay it's going to be kind of slow in parts yep and leave yourself the space both time wise and yeah, just capacity capacity for you to do it. Because, again, I think we talked about this in a previous episode, but oftentimes we don't actually give ourselves the time. Even yeah. sometimes we're like, okay, I'm going to give myself 30 minutes to, to just relax. And right. maybe, like, honestly, but then it's like, this kid needs this and you need mm-hmm. to do this. So then by the time it's all done, did you then even you're do anxious. it? And then you didn't get rest. Yeah, <laughs> so I feel like giving yourself that space, both time and capacity-wise, to be able to do it and being okay with it. I think that really is a gift you mentioned with kids. I think with my one kid right now, that is actually a really big gift that I have tried to like partake of, that they they do do things more slow. And totally. like a walk isn't a purpose to like get as many steps as they can. A walk is just to like... <laughs> Yeah, like be a part of nature and enjoy it. And I feel like babies especially, oh my gosh, I feel like they really bring you into a slower pace of life. And I think sometimes it can almost be like, oh my gosh, am I like doing the things that I don't know my life can be able to do? But I think the cool thing is is that kids, if we allow them to, I think we really can benefit a lot from almost just being okay with being slower at this time of our lives. There's a lot of enjoyment that can come from that that I have been really grateful for with being a mom because I think before being a mom, it's like you have work and then after work you have all these things you need to do and I feel like all my day was so scheduled out. And now with a kid, there is a lot of things where it's like I just don't have it scheduled out. And I think in some ways recognizing that as a gift rather than, oh my gosh, I can't. I can't do this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. So, And to do that, you really have to you know, set aside there being this like shiny end result it really is a cycle and you know we can't change and grow if we're just focusing on what it should look like ultimately in the end and why would you want to because then you just skip all of it we've Mm -hmm. talked about that like the messy middle of life is where we live the end what does that even mean it's over like Mm -hmm. where are you trying to get to Mm -hmm. you know like sometimes i have to remind myself like where are you going? Uh-huh. It's here, you know? Mm-hmm. Where are you trying to go? It's here. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Where are you yeah. going? Yeah. Here. Yeah. Like right yes. here. Oh, yeah. I love it. So something that really helps me do that is, you know, we talk about routine, and I love routine. I think routine is so important for kids. But next step is to turn those things that you are doing into more rituals. So really, ritual is just adding meaning to any task. So are you thoughtful in... Instead of, I'm just going to throw this tea bag in my cup and rush out the door. Are you thoughtful in, you can make this a whole moment. And this is so funny hearing myself say this. Because this is not, I'm like totally a fast personality, right? (laughs) You're laughing. Because it's true. I'm like the fastest, like, I just like fling around everywhere, like running into stuff. I always trip over stuff because it's I'm actually moving so fast. Like, I, like, I'm not saying this coming from a place of, like, I'm this meaningful, like, thoughtful, <laughs> ritualized person. It does help, though. It really yeah. does. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you just have a small amount of time to make your cup of tea, cherish that you get to do that. Be grateful that you have that tea that you love. Take a second to, you know, smell the tea It sounds so corny, but turning all those little moments into experiences Mm -hmm. rather than just something to get through. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. So how do you do that? Coming back to balance here. So I am the opposite of this with Felicia. I just admire, Felicia, that you're so incredible. I've never seen you trip over anything. It looks like this amazing. (laughs) It's so true. Yeah, ballet that's very fast. It's impressive. She's like nursing a baby whilst like totally cleaning up the house and like listening and then, to me talk. I feel like and I'm then like her fridge just happens to get cleaned out as she's cooking dinner. Like, how is that even possible? Yeah, it's it's how incredible. So I'm the opposite of that. I am when I'm making tea. I'm literally just like in my daydream making the tea, but I get so much less done. <laughs> so. Is there a way to find the balance or is there not? Is well, I there... think that's okay. I think both are okay. But I think the idea is, is that it's like, maybe it comes back to the value thing. I don't know. 
I think both are okay. Like, neither one of those sound wrong to me. They both actually sound quite delightful. That sounds, like, really nice to be able to get all that stuff done. And it sounds really nice to be able to just sip your tea and for a while and not but, really know how much time passes. But maybe that's where the reaching that we were just talking about comes in. I see Felicia, and I admire that. So, therefore, I'm going to try to keep my slow ritual of making tea because that's worthy for me to keep. But perhaps in my getting done time, I can really try to use her tips of make my list, go through them, checking boxes, even though it's not my nature. So maybe then that's where the reaching comes in, right? That's where the balance, that we're, mm. the, the muscles that we're trying to develop, just like you are slowing down when you're making yeah. your That's drink. what I'm focusing on. You're focusing on that. Yeah. And I need to be focusing more on when I am in mm. getting things done mode, I can maybe move a little faster, <laughs> right? So maybe that's what we're talking about. Maybe it's all coming back to we embrace our strengths, realizing that we are not in perfect balance. And there is beauty in the reaching of exercising the muscles on the places that aren't our strengths. But that doesn't mean we have to wipe out all of our strengths. Mm -hmm. I don't have to become a really fast person in every aspect of my life. I can keep the beauty of being a slow person Mm -hmm. while still in other areas. Maybe just have that forward motion of getting things done more like Felicia, right? And you can choose to keep that strength while still being present and slowing things down in certain areas. You know what I mean? Yeah, which, when we talk about the definition of minimalism at the very beginning of the episode, you're being intentional about what you're keeping and what you're letting go. So it sounds like, and it's different for everybody because for some people, maybe it is. I really am choosing to let go of some of these efficiency things all the time during the day. And anyway, so I think I think it is just being intentional about And what it's being in the moment instead of maybe you're stuck in a daydream of the past or maybe you're future focused So, I mean, I think that's kind of like the black and white that we have or whatever, like where we're a little bit opposite. Like I have a hard time like slowing down into a moment because I'm so like, oh, but I could go put the laundry in. And I'm like over here, like trying to get to the future. And it sounds like you're saying sometimes you get your next step is to do a task, but you're contemplating, thinking about something, daydreaming, whatever. Which daydreaming isn't necessarily being present either. Right. I do a lot of, yeah, past and future thinking. And right. I'm in my head. Yeah, thinking. So it's like how in both ways it's coming into the task you're doing right then. Yeah. You know yes. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Both are. So. Yeah. Which is know. one of our pillars. It is. Being present guys. is perhaps the answer to all of this. Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah, my my daydreaming is not... I mean, sometimes I do just enjoy the process of daydreaming, right. but it's a whole world. Like, I literally go into this world, and I'm, <laughs> I can be there forever. I can be there for a long period of time and not even realize that I'm there, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that's not necessarily being present. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with letting your mind just go places sometimes, but... Mm-hmm. Like, I have literally imaginary conversations with people. 90% of my conversations are not with, they never actually happen. But I have yes. them. And <laughs> and you're brilliant, so it's, it's okay. It's working for you. <laughs> We're talking about this. I don't know if anyone remembers the, you know, poll going around social media talking about whether or not you do this activity of talking in your mind. And I'm one of the people who doesn't. I, did, I don't even comprehend. I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what you mean. I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> How do you not have dialogues inside of your head? Like, it's a constant, like, I'm having conversations with either real people in my mind and hearing them say back, and then I'm, like, having these philosophical discussions. Like, <laughs> so, well, maybe, and I, I mean, I, like, there are times where I'm, like, talking to myself in my head, and I'm like, oh, yes, that's the answer, you know? But like, you never actually had this conversation before. No, and I probably won't ever actually have it with a person. <laughs> And sometimes I'll have hard conversations with people. Like, I'll have the conversation ten times before I actually have it in real life. Uh-huh. But you're saying you don't even have the dialogue? Like, are you thinking no. in pictures, not words? <laughs> what? Like, I don't even, I can't even grasp I this. don't even, like, you know, Carolyn's brother, Carolyn's brother, my husband, he's like this. He's like, well, I need to, like, think about what I'm going to say when I go talk to him. I don't even know what you mean by that. Why? What are you talking about? You just go talk to him. I don't even think about it. So many good points get brought up, though, by the other person in my mind. <laughs> it's true. I think it sounds really helpful. I just don't. My brain just doesn't even do that. It so, doesn't. So your conversations, you just show up and you just, just have them? have them. Yeah, so what if you're thinking about something in the future? Like you're thinking, you know, Cohen is going to be in second grade next year. Got to get him learning this. Like when you think that, do you think it in words or are you just mm-hmm. thinking multiplication, check, get a get a paper like I don't even I don't yeah. even understand what you're saying I kind of just do it 
Like I just write it down and or do the thing. I don't like think about in my mind how I'm going to do it. This is weird. I though. can't even. It is weird. <laughs> I'm like, where are you on this, Keelan? I don't know. I'm probably more on the side of, well, I definitely have mental conversations. So I think I'm more on that <laughs> side. I also like, I'm not really fathoming. I don't totally get what you're saying. <laughs> I wish I, I could like your brain screen record my brain. Yeah. That's amazing. Record. And you don't replay conversations either? Because I'll have a conversation and then I'll replay it five times in my mind and like correct things. Sometimes I'll go back to the person and say, just so you know, I need to clarify that. I do Oftentimes clarify. I just clarify it for myself though. Yeah. I do do that. I have noticed like with the having the conversations in my mind, just speaking of the mental, going back to the mental minimalism part of it, mm-hmm. I have noticed that sometimes I'll have conversations and they're not productive ones. Like I'll yes. almost imagine a conversation, yeah. you know, with, a, with my spouse or with somebody and I'll almost, and I don't realize it, but I'm almost imagining like, like the bad things that could happen in that mm-hmm. conversation. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, after, sometimes if I catch myself, I'm like, this isn't healthy. I'm just like practicing, I'm practicing like what I don't want to see. So anyway, with the mental minimalism thing, it actually is something that I do try to focus on if I am having those mental conversations of not letting them be like unproductive ones. Because I think sometimes I almost do rehearse like the negative, like mm-hmm. what could negatively happen. So then I can almost plan for it. Like I think that's what yeah. my brain's doing is like I want to plan for yeah, the negative things that could happen. Yeah. But then I'm like, I don't think that's healthy. I think it mm-hmm. would be better for me to like almost plan for like the perfect mm-hmm. situation. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. that's more what I think about when I'm like, I don't know if that was a productive mental like, you know, exercise. Brainstorm. Yeah, exercise. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Huh. Okay, so I'm still stuck on this. Like Felicia's thinking in these like abstract pictures. I'm like honestly like picturing like how your brain is even working here. But Kaylin, I just want to speak to that point. I think, I, I don't want to misquote here. It's a super famous quote, though. Was it Mark Twain who said, I've lived through many troubles. Most of them never happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think we all have a tendency to do that. It sounds like, Felicia, you probably do it less than the rest of us. Well, I think I I probably do it, but it's not like I'm thinking about it. It's just like it is in there, but I'm not like not going over it. But it does still will weigh. Okay, yeah. but it's not a dialogue you're saying. Right. It's right. just more like a abstract movie a that's blob. hovering there. Yeah. Okay. I still can't grasp this, but okay. It's still weird. But. <laughs> but I think this does go to, again, there is beauty. There is value, I think, to my philosophical conversations I have with imaginary people. However, if I get too caught up in that or I start replaying conversations too much in my mind and I'm just stuck in a loop, I am losing out on every single present moment that I'm living in at that time. Yeah. So I don't think there's anything wrong with having moments where we're maybe reviewing something in the past, seeing what we could have done better, because that's good. It's good to review and learn from... Reflect. Reflection. Beautiful. And there's nothing wrong with, I love... For me, it's like a challenge of like, how would I say this to this person? Like, there's this conversation, honestly, I've had with one of my friends probably a hundred times in the last five years to myself, and I've heard all of her like rebuttals back, and I've never actually said it to her, and I don't know if I ever will. It's actually a topic that I don't know if I'll ever actually bring up with her. You know what I mean? Like, there's things mm-hmm. like that that I have learned. Like, I've learned from these conversations. Mm-hmm. So, and that sounds, it makes me, as I'm saying this, I realize I'm sounding unhinged. <laughs> but. <laughs> I'm just so but, curious what the conversation is But now. I'm just saying that it's okay, I think, to have times of reflection and intellectual stimulation by thinking inside your own mind, which apparently we all do very differently. However, I think it does come back to every time we are doing those things, though, we aren't living right now. Mm -hmm. So as long as we don't let that become unbalanced, if Mm -hmm. you will, and we're never living in the present moment, I think the present moment should have more time Mm -hmm. than any of those other things. And as I say that, I don't actually know. I don't know. But it feels I feel like if living present, if this is what we have right now, then it is worth the effort of trying to find that balance of coming back to the present moment and not spending so much time grieving over past things mm-hmm. or <laughs> grieving over possible future things, worrying about them, running through scenarios that like Caitlin said. We think it's preparing us by running through worst case scenarios. Yeah. But guess what? We don't actually experience the emotion until the thing fully happens and going through it ahead of time isn't gonna help us. Yeah. It just is robbing us from this moment. And that happens to me in parenting all the time. Yeah. And I have to remind myself, this hasn't happened. It might never happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why am I Hopefully putting myself I'm going to outlive that. all my children. So let's just yeah. go with that. And yeah. if it doesn't happen, then I'll deal with it. Mm-hmm. Totally. But it's robbing me of right now if I keep thinking of what could happen to these people that I love. Right. So I think it's a good reminder to however you're thinking, come back to the present moment. And that's where this mental clarity, I think, comes is when we can let go of that chatter. That's what it is, is chatter. 
Yeah. And come back to now, which is in our breath, in the person that's in front of us, in the thing that we're putting in our mouth, that we're eating, right? All those things, they're sensory and it's about either connection of our senses or of our heart if we're with another person or with God if we're praying or whatever it is. But if we can come back, that is to me like what we're anchoring ourselves to. And I think if we can stay anchored to the present moment, then those times when we are reviewing the past or planning for the future, planning for the future then we have that anchor to come back to in the present moment and we won't just miss our lives. Yeah. You know? There's a really cool story in Think Like a Monk to that point that there's a certain like sect of monks that and I cannot remember the name like what the name is. But basically they're they're like the kinds of people that can do the like lay on hot coals and like mm. you know melt snow with their mind. Yes. Like do different stuff that's like without like little or no effect like pain to their own bodies and they did there were some scientists that did studies on these monks um compared to just regular people because what they do is they really do just harness the power of meditation in their mind to be able to overcome this so they they did a thing where i think they put like a hot wristband that could like increase in intensity and heat and for most people like when they would tell somebody okay we're going to increase the heat already in their mind, the amygdala center of like fear and pain would start lighting up even before there was any sensation of heat or pain. But for these monks, like that didn't happen until the like intensity of heat got to a point where you would feel it. And then their brain would go off and say, this is hot or whatever. But the idea behind it is, is that for most of us, they call it anticipatory pain or stress so we're already like almost suffering or like putting ourselves through these experiences of fear or pain that actually isn't even happening and sometimes it never will like what you said it's like most of the time that won't ever happen but we're almost but again going back to that mental minimalism thing it's like we we actually do have the power to choose not to put ourselves through these these like problems it's just sometimes we do allow ourselves to to almost feel the pain and fear of something when it hasn't even happened, which that is, it's taking us out of the present moment and we actually aren't, we're kind of like robbing ourselves of that. So I think it's an interesting thing to think about and some things that we can do to overcome that is by meditating because when we learn how to like take ourselves like out of, you know, like that mental stress and we're able to almost separate ourselves from our thoughts, like it gives us power throughout our days. It gives us that same power when something stressful happens we are able to almost remove ourselves and not realize that we are not our thoughts or we are not this thing. We can just observe it. And I think there's a lot of power in that. And obviously it comes with practice, but I think that's something that can really help as we try to be intentional about what we're putting in our minds. Mm-hmm. All right. We have a few more concrete tips here that we're just going to share. You know, sometimes depending on what stage you're in, it helps to go big picture. And sometimes you just need these little hacks that can break you out of these loops. One of my favorite things right now is to try to go analog as much as I can to disconnect myself from my phone. Because every time you're pulled back there, it's just so easy to get distracted by other Mm -hmm. things. So obviously doing any sort of pick your poison social media fast always feels fantastic. I've tried to go completely analog with recipes. So if there's a recipe that I like, that I find online, I make myself write it down. And I try to, instead of using, you know, we have recipe book that is on my phone. It is in digital format. And it's way easier to search for something there. Just use the search bar, look up candied almonds, and it'll pop right up. But there's something about like getting out the cookbooks or your recipe card that changes the experience, turns it into a ritual. And also I don't get on my phone. Mm -hmm. And so then I don't go down a Pinterest rabbit hole of mango cakes, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. like it is so easy to do clocks. I haven't figured out how to do this, but I'd love to figure out how to go more analog when it comes to finding out what the weather's going to be like. Because I must know the weather. A lot of people don't ever check the weather. I don't even care. I just walk outside. Oh my gosh. I have to know what the weather's going to be. I need to dress appropriately. Yeah. Because I don't want to be out and be cold or too hot. I know. I don't like that. I know. And I do. I am outside a lot with little kids. So I think that's part of it. But so if anyone has a hack of an analog weather tool, a weather vane. (laughs) A barometer. Listen to your. (laughs) Outside. Listen to your senses. My my pro tip there is just keep 17 outfits jackets and inside shoes. your car all the time 
and then you're always covered. But then the downside is your car is always messy, so mm, it's a trade-off. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> I, Maybe. But I, I always have so many coats and <laughs> so many shoes just sitting in my car all the time, so I never even, honestly, like I can't What about the, planning? Am I going to go to the park tomorrow or not? You don't know. You I don't know until I wake weather. up that morning. And then I'm like, oh, the park's not going to happen today. <laughs> oh, well. Or I'm usually going with you, and you tell me. So, honestly, See? I'm not the best person I'm your to crutch. ask. <laughs> I'm your I cannot tell you the last time I checked the weather, though. I honestly oh. don't. It's been months. I Maybe for a skiing. Problem. Sometimes I would for yeah. skiing. So that's what weird. is that, like three times I do a year check that the I check? Well, at least a few times a week, if not more often. But, yeah, that's interesting. Something I love that Felicia does. She logs out, guys. Oh, my gosh. She logs out of her social media every single day and then logs back in for her social media time. This blows my mind because I have a hard time even getting up the motivation to get on social media. If I had to log in, I would just never get on ever. But that's the thing. It's, it's impressive though. Created but, a but what I'm saying is for me, obviously I would just stop ever getting on social media ever, which is fine. But like my goal is like the opposite. Like I'm <laughs> trying to post. trying to make effort to post. But I love it that for you, that works for you. Like, I, I think it's incredible, and it shows self-discipline, and it shows that you're putting, like, everything. If we can put a little, little boundary, <laughs> little playpen around things, then they never take over our lives, and we never fall over in balance. So really, this is coming back to balance. Your beautiful boundaries, Felicia, are keeping what true balance is, which is not perfection, but simply not allowing social media to take over your life. You're doing a great job at that. So, And I think with that, if you, if someone listening here is thinking, like, you know, either you're always listening to things. Because, again, listening to books or podcasts, we're all proponents of that because we do do that. But also, if you feel like either, you know, you are listening to so much all the time slash you're maybe on your social media more than you would like to be. Whatever it is, if you feel like there's certain things where it's like, I I feel like it's too much for what I am wanting. I'm feeling a little overwhelmed by And maybe I need to minimize in my mind. Like, I, I have too much going on, too much input. I think... Some cool things is is like setting aside, again, that time and space to be still. So even things where it's like bathroom time, I think sometimes turns into like, okay, this is my time to just like decompress and I'm going to get on Facebook or whatever for this time that I'm in here. Which again, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with it. But I do think maybe even thinking about like maybe I'm not going to do that when I do like in this space where I normally would. I think there's a lot of power in it because it almost makes you realize in the times where maybe you would maybe get sucked into doing something that is cluttering up your brain. If we like take those times and maybe it is through like a fast, right? Quote unquote. I think it allows our brains to almost realize like, okay, I can be still for a little bit. Cause I think for a lot of us, we are so used to almost being plugged in all the time that when we take that time just to not do anything there's a lot of benefits to our brains just not doing anything yeah when you said that i just had this image of like us you know going number two before phones even existed like what people did yeah i mean probably my life i remember i like (laughs) read the shampoo Mm -hmm. like looked at the wall Mm -hmm. it's hilarious to think about really Mm -hmm. and it's probably a lot better for us because we spend a lot less time on the toilet Yeah, yeah totally a couple other concrete tips are, one, take out decision fatigue. Right. Decide things ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Find something new every day. It helps you stay in the present moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, that tip was in Think Like a Monk, and mm-hmm. since he said that, I honestly, the spring has been blowing my mind. Every single day, I'm like, how have I never seen this tree? Guys, how have I never seen this tree before? Why have I never <laughs> noticed this petals? I've lived here my whole life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I was walking in the mountains the other day. I noticed this blossom on this tree. It's like a little puff ball. It looked like a little dandelion, but with flowers instead. But it grew in little tiny round mm. circles in the mountains that I have grown up in. And with this idea of take note of things that are new, I'm like, what guys, is look at this. Smell this. How have I never noticed this? The maple tree outside my house, I have never noticed. It's a common maple tree. It comes out with little red things before the green even comes on. Right now it's red and green in the springtime. How have mm-hmm. I never noticed this before? Mm-hmm. I knew maples turn red. But I never noticed Mm -hmm. that. So if you can just open your mind to that we come across new things every day, even if we do the exact same thing every day. And when you can do that, it really makes you live in the present moment. And again, we're getting clarity and it just clutter like goes to the side. It just drains off of us when we can be in the present moment. So really what I hear us saying here is the key to mental clarity. There's all these concrete tips. There's this discussion, philosophical discussion of balance and what that means. But it sounds like it really comes back to living in the present moment, getting clear about what our priorities are, 
and setting limits. Right, mm-hmm. giving right? yourself that space to even know what those values are. Mm-hmm. And to do that, you have to be present, set those limits, all of those things. And have solitude. Right. Really, I think mm-hmm. solitude is huge here. You, How can you ever be centered and be clear unless you have time, which the definition of solitude in, uh, what book was that? Stillness is a key. Stillness is key? goes heavily into solitude. But the though. definition of solitude in this sense is time free from the input of other minds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So as much as I love audiobooks, are you taking time to be clear about all these things? Mm-hmm. And that does bring you to the present moment. So I love all these individual tips, but it seems to me like it's all coming back to that. Yep. Solitude, setting limits, living in the present moment. And we must know, does your mind talk to you or do you see in pictures? We need to, I'm putting up a poll. I actually don't want to describe my mind as a picture mind. I don't really understand, but I need to know from everyone if you relate to one of these two mind visions. I don't even know what you're called. <laughs> Mental processes. Weird. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us. Let's find the magic. <laughs> <coughs> me, 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 me. <laughs> Brown cows. <laughs>